Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Astrology Did Not Change My Life. I'm still that bitch. Hosted by your girl, Plutonian Aquarius. We are on episode 12, and we're almost done talking about all the planets in the chart. And so, again, for those of you who have been listening, welcome back to another episode. And I'm very excited for today's content, because we'll be talking about one of my favorite planets, mainly because I have a personal connection with it, because I didn't have a choice, Pluto. Pluto and I go way back, and Pluto has affected my life and my journey very, very intimately, that I'm well aware of how it goes and how it works, both in your face and behind the scenes. Yeah, and that's actually the paradox. The paradox is that the par- the, parad- the paradox of Pluto. Forgive me. I haven't really had a good week, so I'm a little bit all over the place. But as I was saying, that's the paradox of Pluto, is that it's both in your face and yet it works behind the scenes. Huh. But before we even get into the today's content, I just wanted to check back with everybody. I know that December is usually holiday season. And I know the holidays aren't always as much as it is about cheer and merriment and all of the fun stuff and all about giving back and love and all of that fun, fuzzy stuff. And for the most part, it can be. But it also involves being closer to your family, going back and visiting your family. And... Oftentimes, it's really difficult for a lot of people because some of us don't always have that Hallmark movie family. But if you tell me that those families seem creepy, but that's just me. And so I know holidays are usually, they're not always the best times for everybody. And so I want to just let everybody just handle this holiday season with grace. And just with the way that the world's been going, I know that a lot of us aren't where we want to be just because of the way the pandemic's gone. And so again, give yourself some grace to kind of just show gratitude for how much you've survived this entire year. And really, a lot of us are just on survival mode. I know I am. And I know our first instinct is to simply just move forward, push forward, and look into the future. Think about the next thing that we're going to be doing. And sometimes we can't always do that. And so it's important for you to just sit down and just take a moment to simply just have gratitude for yourself with how far you've come and how much, how much you've done. And that it's okay to simply just celebrate you in the moment rather than thinking about everything else that you have yet to accomplish everything else that you have yet to do and maybe it's because mars is in retrograde and every time that i've been trying to push forward i've literally been met with roadblock and obstacle one after another that i just have no choice but to simply just sit down with the energies and 
boy, oh boy, do I hate doing that. It sucks when you're such a go, go, go person to have to be able to do that. But that's what this period is for. So if you're also experiencing that same kind of, well, rut, maybe it's simply just an opportunity for you to sit down with yourself and just to, you know, kind of just acknowledge and celebrate everything that you have within you right now and not really worry about what you have to do tomorrow. So yeah, give yourself the grace this month to simply just be present. I also wanted to talk about last week's episode. So I have so much to say about all of these collective planets, and I love talking about it, as I'm sure you know, considering how much of a conspiracy theorist I sounded like last week. There is, I always just run out of time. That's the issue. So the one thing that I did want to mention, and just... I suppose, summarize, because I feel like I'm not always able to do that because I have so much to say that I kind of just go around in circles sometimes, but it's part of the fun. To sum it all up, Neptune is everything that you can't really understand or really can't define in your chart. It's that elusive energy in your chart where you know it's there, but you can't seem to get a grasp on, and that's okay. You simply just have to let it flow. And it's also everything that you're not necessarily supposed to acknowledge in rational terms. So you can have different perspectives depending on wherever Neptune is placed. With my Neptune in third, I have different perspectives on communication and that there are different ways to communicate. And there are different levels, not levels, sorry, different forms of intelligence. Despite what everybody has defined And because you have that other understanding that there is a world that exists beyond because you experience it, you have that greater understanding of that area of your life. Mainly because it's something that is so hard for you to define. Because you're, it's where everything is just boundaryless. And it just sounds so weird and it just sounds like a fever dream. But wherever you don't really understand, but it just flows and it works for you, that's usually Neptune talking. And so now we can move on to the actual planet that we'll be talking about today, and that's Pluto. So again, as I was talking about the importance of all of these three collective planets and what they mean, Uranus is about having that awakening of knowing that there is something greater than the world and the bubble that we live in, the bubble of our personal planets our ego, our conscious self. And then Neptune is understanding that there are different worlds. So after you have that awakening, Neptune represents everything that we're aware of and everything that we aren't aware of, everything below the surface, underneath that water. And having that understanding that it, that we're all connected, that that deeper layer underneath all of our existence is kind of what connects us. So it's all of the good and all of the bad. It's all of the illusions that we have in our society and in our world. Uranus opens us up to those illusions and Neptune kind of brings us into those illusions. And the reason that happens is because now Pluto works its magic. So when you're aware of all of those unconscious, subconscious weird depths 
those things that you don't talk about, those things that we're afraid to talk about in society, essentially those illusions. And that illusion means that we believe it doesn't exist. But it does exist. And when we think that these illusions don't exist, that's when Pluto comes out of the surface and hits you smack, smacks you right in the face, smack dab in the face. That's what I was going to say. And so with Pluto, we have to go underneath that surface that Neptune is telling us exists. And we have to find power in that subconscious, that dark realm, that scary part within us that we believe or like to believe doesn't exist, but it's there. It will always be there. You cannot have the light without the dark. And that is how we find that balance. If you believe that you only exist in the light, boy, oh boy, will Pluto prove you wrong. And so we have to all go through that journey into the dark to find our power. Again, what the hell does any of that mean? And again, it is a concept that is kind of, huh? What? What? And I completely agree. Spirituality and esoteric concepts or occult topics like this, it can just find, feel so otherworldly and just out of our scope to really grasp and again that's why it takes sometimes our entire existence to try and tap into that but these spiritual concepts you can use in your everyday life we all have pluto in our chart we all have neptune and uranus in our charts and depending on where these planets are placed those planets light up those areas of your life where you have to have that deeper understanding, where you have to dig deeper. And sometimes you're not always aware of it, but it's there. And understanding these energies is what helps you have a deeper understanding. Because these collective, ener collective planets, or the energies that they provide, you can feel like it's beyond your control. Well, Uranus with its lightning flash impact and then all of a sudden your world is overturned. And Neptune, where the more you try and hold on to the rational and you try and define things, it slips out of your fingers and you slowly feel like you're losing your mind. And with Pluto, you get pulled into the underworld. But these are faded experiences that you need to have. To have, again, I keep saying deeper understanding of these areas of your life, but that's essentially what it is. To gain greater insight that you can pass along knowledge to other people that may need some guidance into those areas of your life. Say it's your seventh house. Now you have a better understanding of relationships and you can pass on that wisdom to other people. Tenth house. By experiencing all these weird things in your career, now you can give other people advice that are looking for, again, guidance into how to approach difficult career pathways or are experiencing these difficulties. So in a way, it's faded because you have to have that greater understanding. And it's as like weird as it sounds like because it's like, oh, my God, I have this huge responsibility on you. And well, I have this huge responsibility on me to experience these things. But at the end of the day, we all have these planets in our chart for a reason. 
And again, it can give you a better understanding of that purpose that you may have so that it doesn't seem like you're just kind of just tunneled and pitted into chaos and you're simply just experiencing things for the sake of experiencing things. And I, I'm, not the, I'm not a big fan of the saying everything happens for a reason because you can't justify all of the crap that happens out in the world. You can't. It's not fair. And it kind of just puts an onus on people that they must have done something to experience all of this crap that they did. Like, how do you justify a child getting hurt without any reason? You can't. But sometimes these collective energies, these big overarching bodies, they kind of have that, <clears throat> they have that faded quality to them where you kind of have to experience their weird, I don't want to say like forces, but essentially that's kind of what it is. Their forces so that it can add to your journey. It can add to your evolutionary journey, your spiritual journey, your journey to self-discovery, whatever you want to label it as. But sometimes there's some comfort in knowing that perhaps there was a reason in experiencing all of that stuff. And that's what I hope can be the takeaway message with all of these episodes that I've been talking about with all of these collective planets. That perhaps... All of those weird experiences that you had that you can't really put a finger on was leading you to something better with more insight, with more wisdom that can help you have more meaningful experiences and perhaps more meaningful connections and perhaps being able to experience life with a new sense of joy, of recognition, of gratitude. And in a way, maybe seeking healing, forgiveness, whatever it may be. Because again, it's not my place to say what you want to do with this information that I impart onto you. I can give you whatever the textbook sayings are, whatever the mytholo mythological stories are, and the and what it represents what each of these planets represent in your chart but the choice is yours what you want to do with that information and so with that whole spiel I will get right into Pluto now Pluto has a special place in my heart again because I'm a Scorpio rising and Pluto rules over Scorpio and so again your rising sign determines your chart ruler and so my chart ruler is Pluto. And so Pluto plays a very strong role in, well, the overall theme of my life and the overall journey that I have. And again, I like to argue that the rising sign is, the rising sign is so important in determining how your life will play out and what areas of your life will kind of be highlighted because it creates your entire chart. And so with your chart ruler, 
the themes of your rising sign become important depending on wherever the chart ruler is placed. And my chart ruler is in my first house, the house of self-expression. And so again, I have a strong, strong Pluto influence, but that can also be if you have Pluto aspecting a lot of your personal planets. And so you feel the energies of Pluto quite strongly, whether you want to or not, it is against your will. And that's the problem with these big, big bad boys, these collective planets, these generational planets. The force, of, the force of their energy is so strong that you cannot ignore it, no matter how much you would like to. And so with Pluto, Pluto always gets a negative connotation. Pluto represents everything that we like to ignore exists in our world. It's everything bad because it represents death, rebirth, transformation, regeneration. It represents murder, sex, death, incest, everything taboo. Like, and with sex, like with the porn industry, with murder, suicide, mental illness. And it's just, it's really funny that it's only Pluto that all of these concepts are associated with. Because Uranus is still associated with madness, with a wild, eccentric mind. Neptune represents all of the mental illness that we pretend doesn't exist in our society, but does. Yeah, suicide is associated with Neptune a lot of the times. But yet Pluto takes the brunt of it, which is unfortunate. <laughs> and I'm sure we know that Pluto, poor Pluto, it's a planet, it's not a planet now, it's a planet now, it's not a planet it's just gone back and forth. And so Pluto always just gets mis misunderstood. And sometimes that is the wound that a lot of Plutonians, uh-huh, my name is now making sense, Plutonian Aquarius. So anybody that has a strong Pluto in their chart, they are Plutonians. So with Plutonians and strong Scorpionic or Scorpio-influenced individuals, there is this wound that exists that ugh, they are always misunderstood. And sometimes that's something that we always have to work on with our healing to move past that misunderstanding. Not to say that, you know, like Aquarians aren't misunderstood either, but it's a different kind of wound as well. So with Pluto... Because it's associated with death, people view it as something very awful. Because death is a scary concept for a lot of people. And it's, it's hilarious because I didn't really realize that. I work in healthcare. A death is something that unfortunately I have to deal with every day. It's part of my job. And as I navigate through having these conversations with family, I didn't even realize that it was so scary. And that is something that Pluto teaches us to try and navigate and deal with grace. You cannot have life without death. And that's something that we talked about with Saturn. It's part of the sick, that cyclical nature of life. Life and death go hand in hand. But what's really interesting about Pluto is that Pluto, that death that's associated with Pluto, it goes more along the lines of regeneration and transformation. Death is simply just a metaphor. We can take it literally, but if you want to use a spiritual esoteric, 
concepts of Pluto. Pluto, Pluto's idea of death is making room for a new version of you by shedding and leaving old parts of us. Now we can move forward and create life, create a new version of you. It very well is a healthier version of you. Pluto wants you to do that. Pluto wants you to go through those different forms of death to reach that transcendence and reach that higher form of you to reach your higher self and that's a concept that I feel like a lot of people do talk about in the spiritual community but what the fuck does that even mean genuinely whoop explicit content my bad sorry I'm in a mood today <laughs> uh, I cannot control my love for curse words but it's true what does it even mean your higher self and that is again that journey through those collective planets by reaching your higher self, by reaching your divine consciousness. Your higher self is the part of you that is divine. And I know that that's something that I feel like a lot of us have believed, especially with religion, that is unattainable. That as humans, we're going to make mistakes. We're not going to ever be good no matter what we do. At least this is a religion that I grew up in. And then we eventually have to repent them. And it kind of takes away from like a feeling of hopefulness. When in reality, we all have this connection to the spirit world with God. With the eternal source. Whatever it may be for you. However you want to define it. And it's all within a part of us. And that's our higher selves. And I feel like knowing that there is a part of us that, again, is defined is a way of just bringing a, a sense of peace. And I don't know about you, but I need a lot of peace in my life. And so with Pluto, Pluto wants you to understand that, yes, there's that subconscious side of you that exists with what Neptune is telling us, but you have to find power in that shadow subconscious self that you may ex think doesn't exist but does exist and so I want to talk about some of the again the mythological origin stories of Pluto to help us understand what this deep dark planet even means which I don't think is that deep and dark but maybe I'm just biased so there are quite a few stories and I actually want to talk about quite a few of them because I think all of them are relevant and now again I take a lot of these stories from Jessica Davidson you can read more in depth on her website about again the myths the myths the myth of Pluto and she goes very in depth in a lot of the stories and I highly recommend but again any book by Liz Green Stephen Forrest their books about Pluto, Donna Cunningham, amazing. Um, yeah, I was a, there's a, this one book that I really particularly like. It's like The Astrology of Fate. And coincidentally, and this is why I was talking about fate earlier, Pluto is associated with fate. And so some of the early symbolisms for Pluto involve serpents and dragons. So serpents 
I feel like in Western culture has been, it's always, there's always just like a negative connotation with it. I know like from a biblical perspective as well, but serpents have always been about transformation and they represent death and life and regeneration and renewal because snakes shed their skin every so often to make way for their new self. And so that is where that spiritual connection with serpents comes in. And so dragons also represent that. And it's funny, dragons are more revered for that spiritual um, symbolism in the East, just not so much in the West. We kill our dragons all the time. Slay the dragons. And they're also associated with fate. Fates. So I know fates were these mythical creatures. Some say they were like female. And they weaved everybody's destiny. And they had the highest order. Even the Greek gods, for example, could not overrule any of their power. And so with serpents and dragons and fates, a lot of this energy of Pluto was actually goddess-based. And it's funny because feminine goddess energy is actually very transformative. It's everything beneath the surface, actually, that I talked about with moon, with feminine energy. It's um, everything that we don't like to deal with. But it's there. It's instinctual. And then Hecate is also another very big representative for the for Pluto. So Hecate was the goddess of witchcraft and magic, of childbirth, birth. And some say that she was originally the goddess that dealt with the underworld. And her name actually just translates into she who works her will. And why am I talking about the underworld so much? Because that's Pluto's domain. And with the underworld, it's everything beneath that surface. Again, that subconscious, that unconscious, that part of us that we like to ignore because it's scary to venture off into that area of our life. And that whole idea of the underworld, when you personalize it, is our, shat our shadow self, that self that we like to exist, we like to <laughs> pretend doesn't exist, but it's there. It's a part of you. And if you ignore it, it is going to try and come up into the surface. And so with the underworld, these concepts, these stories, yes, they had that goddess component to it. But over time with Greek mythology, we moved away from it. But I don't think we actually truly did. And I'll tell you why. Because... The original Greek story, when it came to the underworld, Hades was the god of the underworld, and that was his domain. But with Hades and the underworld, we always have Persephone that's associated with that story. And I don't think anybody can really talk about Pluto or Scorpio without talking about Persephone. Yes, Hades is there in the underworld, but I feel like Persephone ends up taking the spotlight. And so we don't ever actually move away from that goddess energy. And that's really interesting because 
and I, I'm fascinated by this kind of feminine energy and the idea of what it means to have femininity in all of our charts and all of us really, because I feel like at the end of the day, because we put, put so much emphasis on the masculine, we've kind of let the feminine take a back burner and we don't actually now understand what it means. At least I didn't getting in touch with my own feminine side. What does that mean? Right? It doesn't mean to be submissive. It doesn't mean to, to be passive and to like just let things slide, to just simply be emotional. No, that's what the patriarchy has told you. But there is power in the feminine. And the feminine is all about that beneath the surface, that transformation, that regeneration, that death that leads to new life. And that is the end, and that is what feminine energy is. It's about creation. And so the story of Hades and Persephone is interesting because Persephone, she triggered her descent into the underworld. And she did that by picking a flower that basically brought Hades out into the world that she was living in and pulled her right into the underworld. And she was a maiden. She was a virgin. There's many stories that say that Persephone was essentially taken against her will. And she was. She definitely was. But she was the one that picked that flower. And this is where we get into that weird state of, well, everything happens for a reason. And everything's kind of fated. Like the fates that we talked about. That looked over the underworld and the idea of Pluto. In a way, Persephone was looking to delve into her subconscious side, her darker side. Because at the end of the day, she ended up taking pomegranate seeds that would actually tether her to the underworld. So she actually ended up spending six months in the underworld and then six months in the world that she came from with her mother, Demeter. And so in a way, she found her power in the underworld, in the dark. And in a way, that was what she wanted. She became queen of the underworld. She essentially did find her power by going through in a way, hell. And that's what the underworld has always been associated with. Afterwards is hell. Because hell is everything that we are terrified of. Everything, again, dark. Everything that makes us uncomfortable. Because we all want to be comfortable. Why would we descend into something that is scary and terrifying and cold and it's just not a nice place. That's <laughs> the best way to say it. It's just not a vibe. Mwah. However you want to say it. But wherever Pluto is in our charts, it's where we all have to find our power by going into the dark. And in a way, we trigger it ourselves. But that understanding, that awareness only happens when you know about Pluto. And about astrology. But when it happens in the moment, it's awful. You feel like you have no control over your life. And that you are simply just being torn apart by the world around you. Because things are, again, against your will. 
you are taking into the depths of hell. But you have to find your power through that dark experience. You have to find power after going through hell. And again, it's such a terrifying concept to think about because you have to essentially experience all the dark that there is in the world. And sometimes you can survive it and sometimes you can't. But regardless, after experiencing that dark, you're not going to be the same person ever again. And that is that transformation component of Pluto. That is that death that you experience by going through these unfortunately awful experiences to become this person that can basically survive anything. And with my Pluto being in the first house, I've had to deal with lots of wounds of how people perceived me. And I have had a lot of wounds with self-expression where it felt like no matter what I did, what I, however I expressed myself, people would always take it the wrong way to the point that I simply just became the scapegoat. It was easy to pick on me. If anything went wrong, I was to blame. And it just became into a weird struggle where I had to kind of just hide myself to cater to other people to the point that I simply just lashed out. I became angry. Or I encountered people who would try and kind of control me against my will. And in a way, after experiencing all of that, I had to kind of find my power. I kind of had to sit back and realize that no matter what I did or do, did or do, <laughs> no matter what I did, or no matter what I did or didn't do, that is what I was trying to say. Holy crap, I am tired. Wow. People would always have a problem. So I might as well just do what it is that brought me passion. It wasn't fair to me to simply hide myself so that I could cater to other people and to satisfy other people, especially since they weren't even going to be happy even if I was catering to them. It would just be a disservice to me. It would simply just, I would simply be hurting myself by not pursuing my passions, by not expressing myself to the fullest. And that itself was a wound that I had to kind of heal and overcome. And now knowing that it doesn't matter what I think or do, People will always have a problem with it, so I might as well just do whatever the hell I want. Because it's my life, and I enjoy what I'm doing. And again, it's not hurting anybody. And so, that whole, again, transformative idea of Pluto comes from acknowledging that dark side within you. And I know that sometimes our instinct is to say, well, I'm a good person. There's no dark within me. Uh-uh-uh. Well, again, I have news for you. That's not true. <laughs> the light cannot exist without the, without the dark. 
And whether you believe it or not, we do have a dark side within us. And it doesn't have to be extreme where we're going off murdering people. It's simply, well, I experience envy. Sometimes I get jealous of people. Sometimes I wish I had what other people had. Or sometimes it's just experiencing anger and lashing out. That itself is a dark side. And with Pluto, when you ignore your dark side, it festers around in your subconscious. And it becomes something uncontrollable. Sometimes it can manifest as illness. Sometimes it can manifest as unexplainable anger. And when I mean illness, it could be depression. It could be physical illnesses. And remember how I was talking about Mars? Where if you don't give your anger expression and you don't um, honor your anger, you run the risk of getting into these weird ailments, physical ailments, mental illnesses, things that you can't really control. And you don't know why it's happening and when it all started. And so that's because Pluto is the higher octave of Mars. And Pluto, it is a modern ruler of Scorpio. Originally, it was actually Mars that ruled over Scorpio. And so while Mars is about expressing yourself in a personal level and reaching out and achieving those goals and doing things that, again, are about that fire within you, and kind of light that fire under your ass and, again, give you a zest for life. Pluto is about that life force underneath that surface. It's that subconscious. So while Mars is that conscious force, Pluto is that unconscious force. And going back to Persephone's story, Persephone found her power in the dark. And that's what Pluto is telling you to do. Pluto is telling you to do that shadow work. Make friends with that dark side that you didn't think existed. Because the riches that you will experience by integrating your dark side with your light side is immense. That wisdom that you have, it is immeasurable. Because if you can survive that Pluto wound, you can survive anything. And sometimes, and I am guilty of it, we like to over-identify with having survived hell, thinking that we are immortal and then nothing can stop us. When in reality, having survived hell is simply just bringing that dark side into the light, bringing that subconscious into the light and making peace with all of the wounds that we have festering around and that's what that regeneration and that transformation is. It's about healing. That's what Pluto represents. Pluto represents healing. All of those wounds that you think aren't there, but they're there. And when you don't acknowledge that subconscious side, all of those wounds, you run the risk of being on autopilot. And those wounds control you. And the great best example that I can think of on the top of my head 
is if you grew up in an environment where you were constantly belittled and told that you were never good enough. Now, as you grow up into an adult, you're always hard on yourself. You never think that you're enough. And you are always the first person to judge yourself. Why are you doing that? And if you have the awareness, you'll know that it's because of what happened to you as a child. You were never told that you were enough. You were always criticized. And everything that you did was wrong. But now as you're an adult, you're always dissatisfied with yourself. You're never happy with all of the great things that you achieve. To the point that you're exhausted. Because you're constantly wanting to do more and more and more. Without taking a moment to acknowledge your accomplishments. Pluto wants you to be aware of those wounds that you have. Because they are controlling your life. It's that subconscious life force. It's there, festering in the surface. Those demons are controlling you. And it's actually really interesting because this is something that I remember reading in a book with, by Stephen Forrest. That we have this perception of demons, of ghosts, of monsters, when really they are personification of everything that is hiding within us. That's what they represent. And the idea of conquering those monsters and demons is simply about facing them head on rather than running away from them. The people that run away from them are the ones that get killed. That's what those horror movies really represent, which is a wild thing to talk about, of course, and to really wrap your head around. But that's actually how I always viewed horror movies. And uh, with Liz Green... Liz Green also talks about it. Liz Green and Stephen Forrest, both of them talk about these. And I couldn't agree more. You have to face that shadow side head on. And that's what Pluto wants you to do. Bring those demons out into the light. And the reason why these demons exist aren't for you to run away and think they're bad because they're awful and that they're simply just trying to hurt you. No, they're simply just here to remind you that you were hurt in the past and now it's affecting your life and you don't know it and you may feel like the world is out to get to you but really it's a lot of these wounds that you're not always aware of that's what those monsters those demons are and it's a saying that I I would always live by when I was younger and angrier that you have to sit down and have a drink with your demons Ask them about the scars on your ankle, on their ankles. They might teach you a thing or two. And that's because you have to integrate that shadow side into yourself. And that means befriending those demons, befriending those fears, those wounds that you have. Those wounds that you're worried don't exist, but they do. And again, they're controlling a large part of your life. And once you are aware that again, you have these conditionings from those wounds, you can move towards healing. And a lot of the times, my wound with my first house Pluto and my self-expression came from that I was too much as a child. And oddly enough, that wasn't from my parents. It was actually from school, where I was told that 
We're not supposed to, girls aren't supposed to speak out. We're too much. Nobody's going to like us if we are simply speaking our minds, being ourselves. The world will never respond positively to people that, to girls especially, that live life on their impulses. When in reality, that, by hearing those messages, I tried to hide myself. And in doing so, I cheated myself of a lot of opportunities. And now that I look back, I know that that wasn't true. But that's something that I had to come to terms with. I was bullied. I was picked on. And you could internalize a lot of those messages and really stop you from essentially functioning in healthy ways. And so I ended up closing myself up from the world. I remember lashing out. Anytime someone tried to get close to me, I would just, I would try and prove them right, that I was a weirdo, that I wasn't somebody that deserved any good things because I was so passionate. I was so full of myself. So I lashed out in ways that weren't really true to me because I was on autopilot. I was letting those wounds control me. And I had to sit down with myself and go, well, is this how I want to live for the rest of my life? And I don't. I didn't. And I still don't. But that is sometimes a problem with Pluto. And this is what happens when you over-identify with one energy or one planet. The negative sides of Pluto, again, is everything bad. And Pluto, for some reason, likes to work in extremes. And at the end of the day, with the story of Hades and Persephone, of course it's a story of extreme. He just straight up abducted her. He doesn't know how to work in the middle ground. None of that. No. Mm-mm. Straight up just takes her away. Uh-huh. And so, with Pluto, when you over-identify with this bad boy, that's when you run the risk of becoming the negative connotation, that evil power that we all fear, that, that spawn of devil, that member of hell, essentially. You try and act, you essentially try and become the villain of, every, of your story, the villain in everybody else's life when you over-identify with Pluto. Pluto doesn't want you to do that. Pluto wants you to heal. That means integrating that dark. You have to go through that shadow work. And that's essentially what shadow work is. Being aware that there's a side of you that isn't necessarily all pretty. But it's still who you are. And it's affecting your life. And oftentimes if you're not aware of that dark side within you, Pluto shows up in different ways to remind you that that dark side exists within you. In Persephone's story, it was Hades. And so for individuals that believe that there is no bad, there's not a single bad bone in their body, that ends up manifesting as awful people that try and control them, that try and hurt them, that try and dominate them. And that's something that sometimes Pluto in the seventh house individuals can experience. It's not always the case where they have partners that aren't necessarily appropriate, that are controlling, abusive, toxic, but by going through those relationships, 
Now you have a different understanding of relationships and how they should be. And sometimes you don't know any better and you have to go through those experiences yourself to find your power, to find that wisdom. And it's unfortunate that it happens, but sometimes that's how Pluto operates. And with my Pluto in my first house, my first house, your first house is also how you are as a child. And I did not have an amazing childhood. <laughs> I didn't realize that until I grew up, that not everybody has that same experiences as I did. And that's not something that I always talk about. Because again, when I was younger, I let every bad thing that happened to me as a kid rule my life. And became a reason for me to simply be an asshole and lash out at people. When in reality, it was my job to understand that I had these triggers, which were my wounds, that were affecting how I interacted with the world. And it's unfortunate that I had to experience it, but maybe that was part of my journey. I had to have a deeper understanding of the world around me and know that maybe it isn't always the best place by having those experiences early on in life. And so wherever Pluto is, Pluto is that wound that you have. And you have to transform that wound. It's where you experience a lot of deep, deep, deep pain. But when you transform and you kind of give in to Pluto's energies... And that means simply giving in to all of the bad stuff and essentially let it break you. As weird, again, as that sounds, you have to let it simply just destroy you. You do. Because when that happens, that's when you go through that death and that's when you go through that rebirth. And become a wise, a wiser person. Yes, you'll be rough around the edges. But you have a better insight. After going through those experiences that you would not have had. Had those things not happened to you. For me, when somebody does experience a great childhood. I can appreciate it. Because that's not something that I knew existed. But that also happened once I had my own healing. And so Pluto, at the end of the day, by going through hell, wants you to find your power. There is so much power with the underworld. And so the underworld is everything below the surface of the earth. And I also love geography. And so I love talking about this. I've always liked to see Pluto energy, Plutonian riches is what I call it, as geothermal energy. The energy beneath the surface is never ending. It's limitless. It's constantly regenerating. So there's like this molten core underneath the earth. It's like this deep, deep, deep pressure. This, and like the best way I can describe it is that there's this intense pressure that creates this intense fire. And that intense fire and pressure is what keeps the earth going. It's essentially what 
keeps, it's the center of the earth. And so it keeps the waves, our currents, our poles, and everything in the earth just functioning. And all of our minerals, for example, diamonds, all of our gems, they come from deep within the earth's core. From this geothermal energy, this constant regeneration, it's this limitless energy. And so diamonds are always made under pressure. And unfortunately, by going through that descent, you become a diamond. It's really cute to think about, but that's what it is. You have to go through that hell. Unfortunately, I had to go through that hell too. And now when I approach the world, there's very, <laughs> there's very few things that I fear. And sometimes it's not a good thing. Because when you over-identify with Pluto and that wound that you have, you run the risk of, again, only seeking out the bad and instead of appreciating the good. And Pluto doesn't want you to do that. Pluto wants you to bring that bad, that dark side, and bring it out into the light. You don't have to exist in the shadows. You have to live in the light. But it's only when you experience the dark can you appreciate the light. And that is what Pluto wants you to do. Pluto wants you to live in the light, to be a better person based on your experiences. You are who you are not because of that dark that you experience, but despite it all. We want you to have this renewed sense of hopefulness, this renewed sense of appreciation for all that there is good in the world. Because it's only when you go through this form of hell can you really truly appreciate everything, again, good that is out there in the world. And by going through that hell, Whenever somebody else is having that similar experience, you can kind of hold their hand and guide them through it. And that's actually what Hecate, who was originally associated with the underworld, did for Persephone when she was kind of abducted into the underworld by Hades. Hecate kind of held her hand and guided her through the underworld itself when she was going through that journey. Now, from a generational perspective, though, Pluto, Pluto orbits around the sun <laughs> every 248 years. It's super slow. And it stays in every sign every, like, 12 to 23 years. And so I find that Pluto looks at the generations better than, say, like, Neptune and Uranus. So, say, like, my generation is a Pluto and Sagittarius generation, and that's Gen Z. And so it's more so from like 1996 to 2003. So it encompasses, it, it definitely encompasses the actual generations a lot better. Now, from a generational, again, perspective, Pluto represents, again, the wounds of your generation and being aware of those wounds as a collective and speaking up about those wounds that you experience. And again, they run the risk of being oblivious to those wounds that do exist in their generation as a collective. 
and they work on autopilot until things just hit them in the face that are just beyond their control. And they wake up one morning and they're just simply exhausted because that awareness isn't there. So we have the Pluto in a Leo generation. Those are the boomers. 1939 to 1958. And now with Leo, everything essentially is about them. They're in the spotlight. They were the first ones to process their own individuality. Now, the negatives with that wound is that sometimes things always have to be about them. And that now it's hard for them to see other people's perspective. And they're more about living free and experiencing the world in a more fun way instead of reaching for structure. And so it's funny because they were actually, their generation was the hippie generation. So they're all about having fun, being free, and like Woodstock. Yeah, Woodstock as well. And so a lot of it is because like, they were born after a period of war. And so they just wanted to enjoy life to the fullest and experience everything to the fullest. But again, that is, that is the wound that they experienced because now they, after that Pluto and cancer generation that went through the war, they didn't want to experience war anymore. They didn't want to think about that. They didn't want to think about that struggle, that scarcity. And so that's why individuality was big for them and just having fun. But then after that, we had the Pluto and Virgo generation, which was like Gen X. Really? Part of Gen X, Gen V is what they sometimes call it, 1958 to 1971. You can argue that some of it is like the boomer generation. But these people, they kind of took from the Pluto and Leo generation. And that's what these generations do. They kind of build upon the previous generations where rather than just having fun, they wanted to be efficient. They wanted to organize everything. And, and so a lot of them have like a created Google, created a lot of web pages, a lot of directories that we now use. And they're so big on productivity and efficiency and that they work, work, work. They're workhorses to the point that they're exhausted and that they, they can't identify themselves beyond how productive they are. And this is something that they passed along to the millennials that they raised, where they believe that they can only be successful in life if they're constantly working. But let me tell you, those millennials are not about that life. <laughs> and then after that, we have the Pluto and Libra generation, which is like 1971 to 1983. These people are usually like in their 40s. And so now we move away from constantly working to, well, focusing on relationships and focusing on how our relationships affect each other and how the people around us affect us. And so a lot of it is maintaining that balance and harmony. So I find that this generation is all about kind of keeping things as harmonious and nice as possible, that we will ignore all of the bad and we'll ignore all of the negatives and they won't speak out. And by maintaining and by instead focusing on, well, making things aesthetic as possible. So there was a focus more so on fashion, more so on the arts, 
during this time in Libra, uh, Pluto in Libra, and also moving away from war. And I know during this time with the Cold War and all of the other wars that were present, like the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and things like that, this generation spoke up about it. And they were like, and a lot of the movements were about anti-war sentiments. And not to mention, we were more focused on equality. And so what equality meant also in terms of relationships, because that's what Libra represents. And again, this is when we were starting to move away from the traditional idea of marriage and the traditional idea of love, of heterosexual love being the only form of love, when in reality, there's so many different forms of love that exist with, again, the different sexualities that exist. And Libra, this generation, the Pluto and Libra generation was the first ones to talk about it. And this is the actual Gen X generation that we have. And after that, we have the millennials, which is a Pluto and Scorpio generation, the 1983 to 1995 generation. And let me tell you, millennials are angry bunches. And that's because Pluto is in Scorpio. And that's because Scorpio is all about digging under the surface, talking about everything that we ignore, everything taboo. It's Pluto. Pluto and Scorpio, they go hand in hand. Pluto is Scorpio's domain. Scorpio is all about doing that transformation, pulling up your shadow self and bringing it out into the light. So they were the first ones to talk about mental illness, talk about child abuse in every form possible. They were the first ones to, they moved away from, unfortunately, Pluto and Libra's. Everything's going to be okay. I am just going to keep the peace. And they wanted to fight because they're like, not everything is not okay. No, no, we know that is not. Stop keeping up appearances. The millennials were the first ones to talk about that. And unfortunately, they got a lot of backlash. But they didn't care because they didn't want to live in that fake existence that sometimes Pluto and Libra, that Gen X generation, sometimes fooled themselves into believing was the truth. And that's what happens when you over-identify with Pluto a bit too much. That... Well, actually, that's not what happens when you over-identify in the sense that that's what happens when you're not aware of the wounds that are present within your generation. But I do find that with millennials, they can over-identify with Pluto a bit too much because there are a lot of wounds that are present and they don't know what to do with all of this pain that they've been experience, experiencing and haven't been able to speak up about for so long because they were talked down by the Pluto and Leo generation, the Pluto and Virgo generation, the Pluto and Libra generation. And so sometimes it can be easier for them to over-identify with everything bad that is in the world. And that's something that they're going to have to work through themselves to find that peace. But we will say that they were the first ones to speak up. And that's very, very admirable. Then we have my generation, Pluto and Sagittarius, where we're moving away from that heaviness. We know that there's so much crap that exists in the world that, again, the millennials were so brave enough to speak about, but we want to have that hopefulness because of that Sagittarius energy of optimism, of, of expansion, of broadening, broadening your horizons. And so we 
as a generation is I found that globalization started taking off as a movement. And globalization essentially means seeing the entire earth as one. So with with the rise of technology and with media kind of bridging gaps, we have so much more access to different cultures, different languages, different countries. Like it's all just become one whole because of the rise of like the internet. And so we're able to bridge a lot of those gaps and we're able to speak up about so much more that exists in the world because we're more in tune about it. But again, nobody takes it seriously because again, we're still a younger generation. Oh, I forgot to mention <laughs> the, the, actually I did mention it. The Pluto and um, Sagittarius generation is 1996 to 2009. I apologize. It's not actually 2003. I got that wrong. So nobody takes it seriously because a lot. I'm a little bit on the older side of Gen Z, but I know a lot of my other cohorts, they're still young. They're still in high school and nobody takes them seriously at all. And it's not fair. We're aware of everything that's going on in the world. We have no choice but to be aware. Everything is there. But I think because with the influence of Sagittarius, we're so quick to kind of just grasp everything without truly trying to understand it, that maybe we get looked down upon a little bit more. But our generation is the one that still has a lot of hopefulness and optimism because we're still connecting with each other and we're trying to find out what it is that makes us human and trying to find, again, that common universal connection that binds us all, regardless of, of race, of ethnicity, of religion, of sexuality, whatever it is that divides us, we're kind of bridging those gaps and saying, well, <laughs> we're all interconnected. And we all exist as, well, Earth, Earth species. And after that, Gen Alpha. Why are they called Gen Alpha? That's so mean. We have the Pluto and Capricorn generation. Um, and that is 2009 to, well, actually, I want to say 2000, yeah, 2023. We're now moving away from Pluto and Capricorn. And so this will be an interesting generation to see because they will take upon everything that millennials have talked about and everything that my generation has been bridging and will create order and structure from all of this chaos that they've, that they've well, witnessed from all of these previous generations. And, th and that generation itself went through the pandemic. With Capricorn, Capricorn again. That Saturn influence is all about creating discipline and creating a structure that will last lifetimes. It's foundational. So it'll be interesting to see how they, I guess, bring order back into the world. Especially with everything that's happening in the pandemic. The world is quite literally falling apart. But... Talking about the Pluto, like, generational signs, each of it could be simply a podcast. Because trying to decipher not only the energies of the planet and the energies of the sign that they're in, it's, it's a fascinating topic, and I love talking about it. And maybe that's something that I, I, might, I may talk about. So unfortunately, I, only have, I can only really talk about these um generational planets 
and like the generations that they rule over for like a short amount of time in well kind of like a washed out way really where I am just kind of giving the bare minimum but again if you want to find out more in-depth concepts about Pluto and how it affects your generation Stephen Forrest has great resources I find that he has a lot of insight into Pluto as a generation generational planet and how it affects your generation but long story short to sum it all up Pluto is a wound in your chart and Pluto wants you to heal those wounds and bring those shadow selves into the light and incorporate it into your personality because when you do that when you let go of all of those wounds you let go of things that are hindering your growth and that's what these generational planets want you to kind of come to come to your higher self to come to that source that that divine source essentially that divine connection that we have that where we all come from whether you want to believe it or not but we all come from somewhere and Pluto wants you to come closer and closer to your higher self. And the only way you can do that is if you shed things that are limiting your growth and limiting your evolution. And you always, you'll constantly be leveling up. It's never going to be like just a one step thing. You're, you have to understand that part of life means that you're never always going to be the same person. You're constantly going to be evolving. And that's how you become a better person. And that's how you become your higher self. And so that's what Pluto is. It's about healing that wound to become the better version of you by experiencing those dark moments. And by healing from them, you gain so much more wisdom and insight into that area of your life. For me, it was about self-expression and what it means to have an identity. And sometimes I ran the risk of over-identifying with the dark and the bad too much. When in reality, I simply just had a zest and passion for life. And nobody can take that away from me. Only I can take that away from myself. But I had to go through my own hell. And I survived it. And here I am, talking about astrology. That's all I have, everybody. And until next time, bye-bye.